0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide
1: to the ever-changing world of social media.
0: On today's show, we're going to explore Facebook group changes, Facebook pay, creator investments, and a lot more with Mari Smith. If you want to understand how to benefit from these Facebook changes, then be sure to stick around. We believe that with Smart Marketing you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm Michael Stelzner. This is the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. If you want to confidently make better marketing decisions in less time, then you want to check out our brand new Social Strategy Club. When you join, you receive weekly trends analysis and marketing insights written by yours truly. Make better decisions today. Visit socialstrategyclub.biz. And now for this week's expert guest, Mari Smith is an absolutely amazing person and regular guest to this show who just happened to have had a birthday yesterday. And she happens to also be the leading expert in Facebook marketing, author of the new relationship marketing, and she's also a popular speaker and regular guest on this show and on the social media marketing podcast. Welcome back, Mari. How are you doing today?
1: Hello. Hello. Greetings. I am doing extremely well. I am delighted to be here and talking about my favorite subject.
0: Excellent. So there's a lot to talk about. Let's start with Facebook groups. Facebook has made some enhancements to groups. Tell me, what is it? What have they done?
1: Well, one of the things is what's called group experts. And I think it's a really cool feature because admins can actually designate members of the group who are very active and very knowledgeable and are already chiming in and helping folks so uh, it's a really cool feature. So admins can then collaborate with these group experts. They can host Q&As, share perspectives, as Facebook says, on a topic and respond to questions. Now, and they've tested out You can imagine like fitness or you know, gaming or you know yoga or a particular game or whatever they want to, uh, whatever the topic is or the, the group focus is. So the experts have a little batch next to their name. And probably folks that are familiar with how Facebook groups work anyway, like you have Conversation Starter or Visual Storyteller, those kind of badges. So then, so would say, group experts. Now, I went back and forth, just a sidebar on this, very relevant for your listeners here today, that I went back and forth with my own team on this because I run a big group, my Social scoop group, got over 17,000 members in there, is very active, and I'm really, there's some wonderful folks in there, and I really thought about long and hard, do well, I want to go ahead and use this badge? But then I'm like, ah, you know, I don't want to like have folks go, well, Mari picked that person, but not me. And then have it, you know, a feature that folks maybe use outside. Well, I'm a Mario Smith group expert. I'm like, well, I don't know. To me, I would want folks to go through a bit more criteria. So i have been very, very mindful. My point in sharing my own personal perspective and, and process I went through to decide, will I turn this on or not? Because you can turn it on or not in your group. I decided not to use it. But I, I think that it could have really great benefits. Quick question. Mm
0: -hmm. If you turn it on, it sounds like the admin gets to decide, particularly these people are experts, right? Where these other badges are kind of automatically applied to people based on their actions,
1: right? That's true. That's true. However, badges, I think pretty much all badges and groups, you can choose to have them on or off.
0: But with the group expert, you can choose who gets the expert badge, right?
1: Correct. Correct. But automatically assigned.
0: So that could be really useful, I would imagine, if you have a specialty group like you do, Mm -hmm. right? And you had people that that maybe aren't admins, but you want to indicate are thought experts or thought leaders, right, in the group that are there particularly maybe prearranged to be there to answer questions or something like that. Could that not work that way?
1: Correct. That's right. That's right. And Facebook's AI will even suggest, they'll make suggestions of, you know, here's a half dozen folks that you might want to consider as as a group expert. So um, yeah, I think folks, if you're running a a good group or thinking about running a group, uh, it's a a really um, good feature and uh, it has very specific purposes. I know that there's a streamer fan group uh, that Facebook's talking about here, you know, new expert-led community designed with gamers. It's a big portion. I don't know if many of your listeners are gamers. I'm not. So they're mostly business owners and marketers. Well, let me see before we move on to the next topic. Do you mind if I hop in with a couple more things on groups? Yeah, please. So three other really cool features. Uh, one is called hosting a Q&A and the feature actually is on business pages as well. And uh, it's rolling out. It's not on every group or every page but it's really, and actually Zuckerberg had done one in some dog loving group recently. He was in there answering questions, but it comes up in this really cool horizontal swiping where you swipe the cards to see the questions and then the answers. And so we were just talking about group experts. So group experts can do that in a group or and or admins can, and then on, you can do it on your page and it does get some pretty good organic reach. The other is live audio rooms and then Oh, you can turn that on or off in your group.
0: Is that available to everyone now?
1: Not everybody has it. I know I have it in some of my groups. I was just looking yesterday. Yeah. So live audio rooms its basically, you know, Facebook's clubhouse competitor, if you will. And then also the question post, which has been around for a while. I have that in my group and, and I leave it enabled because the minute you put anything remotely that looks like a question and a post, include question, mark, right? Facebook, say, hey, we formatted this as a question. Do you want to leave it in that format? You'll probably get more thoughts, more answers, in other words, more organic reach. So I, I strongly recommend keeping the question post format uh, enabled in your group.
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot of people get confused sometimes because instead of liking a comment, it's like thumbs up in or down in or comment or something like that. When, when oh,
1: oh, that's different. That's voting up or down. Yeah, that's not in all groups yet, but it's it's kind of like a Reddit thing where you're, you're voting up or down.
0: Doesn't that happen when you're in the questions mode? Isn't that only when you post a question?
1: It happens on any post. Oh, really? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe it's just for question posts.
0: I think it might be. Okay, well, let's move on to this next thing, which I know you're very excited about. And so am I, which is Facebook pay. First of all, what the heck is it? And why would it matter to to marketers? I know we've got a lot to talk about on this. Talk, Talk to
1: me. Yes. So definitely listen up all ye marketers that have anything to sell online because Facebook Pay is in essence the same as being able to take your own merchant account, process credit cards, or offer payment through PayPal or Apple Pay or gosh, Venmo cash app, you name it. And when you think about it, hundreds of millions of people all over the world that have purchased through Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp or Messenger then they have their credit card details stored securely inside of Facebook. So Facebook knows. And you can imagine if you're a merchant, you're a retailer, products or services, and you want to go ahead and give people the option to just click that one tap, seamless, smooth checkout process to just accept Facebook pay. Right now, it's starting this August, so here we are in August, and it's businesses in the U.S. for now with um, what Facebook says using participating platforms. So right now, Shopify is one of the main merchants. A lot of folks use Shopify, I know, and then they're expecting to expand availability with more platforms and payment service providers over time. The goal here, Mike, which is very exciting for all listeners, marketers, business owners, et cetera, is Facebook Pay is designed to help businesses drive conversion higher by giving what Facebook calls a low friction and mobile friendly way to pay online. Um, it's encrypted, secure, so on and so forth. So those folks who are just have no problem with Facebook having their credit card, which a lot of folks do.
0: Well, and the key thing is it's off of Facebook. We should mention this, right? It's on yeah. your website, right? So this is what makes it different, right? Because mm-hmm. you have a store on your website or you have a you know, checkout page on a sales page. You know, most people have credit cards and they have PayPal. And all of a sudden you can add Facebook Pay. It's another payment option, right?
1: True. And to be clear here too, Mike, it's not new because Facebook Pay has been around for a while for any time you were ever sending money inside a messenger, for example, or shopping, we've talked about that, or donation. You ever donated to a fundraiser or nonprofit, purchased anything, you've been using Facebook Pay already. But like you just said, this is now indeed off Facebook that merchants can uh, just pop that seamless little button right there. I think this is going to be a big area for us to watch. As they said, it's only US and certain providers like Shopify, but I imagine there'll be a pretty big uptake. And yeah, why not? If you can get better conversions.
0: I guess the question is, is there extra fees? I mean, that's the real big question, right? Because if you think about it, the truth is that people are using their credit card with Facebook. So is Facebook Pay more economical than PayPal or more economical than your merchant transaction kind of thing? I mean, the truth is that there's a certain number of people that aren't familiar with Facebook Pay. So I see it as a little mm-hmm. bit risky to have it be the only option to pay. But, you know, yeah. and and there's so many payment options now. You got Google Pay, you got Apple Pay, you got PayPal. Mm-hmm. So like it's yet another one. But You know, part of what I'm thinking, Mari, is what a great way for Facebook to gather data.
1: Oh, I know. And you know what's funny? Actually, right in the announcement, they specifically say that all activity, like payments or purchases, will not be shared with their friends or will it not be used for ad targeting to personalize their experience or inform the ads they see. And I'm like, okay. Can we really believe that?
0: But you know that in the grand scheme of things, they're going to tag people that are using Facebook Pay into a big audience that will be targetable somehow, some way. How could they not, right?
1: Yeah, and I don't know about the fee side of it just yet. I know that Facebook's wanting folks to really use their features more. And so they'll go like a grace period. I was talking to my own merchant this morning getting fees lowered. But man, PayPal's fees are just ridiculously high. So if Facebook Pay offers a better deal, then why not pop it on there? Maybe even as like a third alternative.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Credit
1: Card, PayPal, and Facebook Pay.
0: Speaking of money, Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook has agreed to invest a billion dollars in programs, uh, specifically on creators, across Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And why don't we talk about the fundamentals of what they're doing, and then we can talk about what we think about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this as well. As I see what Facebook's doing, Zuckerberg has just always been incredibly competitive and really Adam Masseri that heads up uh, Instagram now. Adam Assari said last year that TikTok is, quote, the most formidable competitor they've ever seen. And Zuckerberg, right, on many, many earnings calls has called out YouTube as being their biggest competitor, certainly when it comes to video. So anything that the entire Facebook ecosystem can do to woo creators, influencers to come over and create content on their platforms, the better. And because, you know, you get more eyeballs, you get more opportunities to sell ads. So... What this billion-dollar bonus program is, is you need to meet certain criteria, and Facebook's going to be paying eligible creators for hitting certain milestones when they use Facebook's family of apps, creative and monetization tools. There's some on Facebook. There's some on Instagram. There'd be like an in-stream bonus. There's stars, the stars feature where viewers can just hit that button and buy little packages of stars. Very popular with the gamers on Instagram. They've got a thing called badges. They're doing a thing called real summer bonus and there's IGTV ads bonus. I don't know. Honestly, I think the vast majority of listeners and viewers of your show here, uh, Mike, just this wouldn't even necessarily register. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, first of all, I have met someone who has been paid just for going live on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think I met her at a conference. So it looks like it's very much video focused. So obviously it's IGTV. IGTV reels, live video. Almost all of this is focused on video, right? And as you mentioned earlier, Adam Masari recently said, Instagram is no longer about photos. It's about video, right? And it's all about video. So it seems to me as if they are taking a playbook out of the TikTok playbook and also out of the YouTube playbook because TikTok also has a billion dollar creator fund that they've been paying creators. YouTube obviously pays people through ads, right? Because you get a share of revenue on YouTube when you right. when you do any kind of advertising as we're live streaming this show. So I think what's going on is this is kind of a war to attract talent and there's a play for marketers here. So- TikTok is obviously growing like crazy. One of these companies that tell you the most popular apps, I forget the name of it, um, but they recently said that not that one, but one like it um, said that TikTok was the most downloaded app Mm -hmm. in the last year. And there's a lot of people on TikTok and you've got a lot of creators that are not making a lot of money, that are first cutting their teeth on TikTok new younger creators. You've also got a lot of people on Instagram that are creating content, but not making any money at all. And then you've got creators over on YouTube that are making money from creating content. So I think what they're trying to do is create a good experience on Facebook. And what better way to do that than to pay people and eventually maybe share revenue. And the idea of sharing revenue is antithetical to the way facebook works right facebook's general philosophy has always been this is a free platform and we make our money off advertising but youtube has always has been a slightly different angle which is this is a free platform and we make money off of advertising but we share a portion with you every single youtube channel is monetizable must be and all revenue is shared no matter what if they make money off of you. So I think there's a sea shift going on right now. And I think that Facebook is eventually going to have to share revenue with those that create. And I think in the beginning, they're trying to lure people from YouTube and TikTok over to the platform. Now, here's the play for marketers. If people spend more time on Instagram than they do, do on TikTok or they do on YouTube, that means that there's more opportunity for ad inventory, right? So these creators that they're luring to the platform are for a purpose so that they can monetize it with ads. And the marketers are going to want to be able to have that opportunity to get those ads in front of those creators. It's kind of a yin and a yang. Like they need the creators if it's all about video. And if there's no creators, then how are they going to be able to monetize it? That's my thoughts. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And just to circle back to the rev share, Facebook's been doing ad rev share for years. And there's many, many creators who are making significant revenue.
0: They're kind of special creators though, right? Not like everyone can just go do this, right?
1: People like, what's the gal's name that has the recipe? Rachel, Rachel Farnsworth, the recipes. I don't know how she's doing these days, but I know she's been on your show and whatnot. Or absolutely, unquestionably gamers. Gamers are doing crazy good money, you know, some even seven figures or, or multiple seven figures with with uh, the gaming revenue stars and whatever else it is and stream bonuses. But yeah, no, I hear you. It is absolutely a play to create this solid ecosystem of, quote, creators on both Facebook and Instagram, and that was when Moser said, okay, we're no longer a photo sharing app. There's still photos, no quarry areas or are phone It's created. He said creators first. Creators keep shopping and messaging. And so, yeah, there's no question this is what they're doing is create this real giant new, it's like a, it's like a TV network is what it is. It's a TV network. And, and Zuckerberg just said a couple of weeks ago in the earnings call that, almost half of all time spent on Facebook is watching video.
0: Correct. They just want to make sure they have a rich system of creators and they get compensated so they stick with the platform, right? Because they can make money on the other platforms. Yeah. And that's going to be good for marketers because that means people will spend more time on the platform and we'll have more opportunities to get in front of those people. That's my take on it, you know?
1: I see what you're saying. Yep, that makes sense.
0: Okay, there's a couple other things. Ray-Bans and Facebook have partnered together to come out with smart glasses. What the heck's the story with this one?
1: I have a pair right here.
0: Is that actually the smart ones or those regular Ray-Bans? No, these (laughs)
1: are my computer glasses.
0: (laughs) So what's the deal? Is it going to be like these Google glasses or do you have any sense of what this is?
1: I think they are. Yeah, it's AR, augmented reality. And it's no question that this is, well, even, because I connect it even to our avatars. You know, our little avatars that you can make a little likeness of yourself Mm -hmm. and put it in emojis and stickers and whatever. That is my perspective is that, you know, Facebook's getting us used to seeing like these avatar versions of ourselves for this virtual world, this augmented reality world. But the glasses, it, it, it's its Facebook getting into physical products, which they already are with the video calling device, the portal, portal and with the Oculus, the headset. And um, we were talking in the green room, you know, they've got a, a watch coming out, a smart watch at some point. Who knows if they'll ever do a phone? They might. But I don't know, this whole, the smart glasses, we'll see. It's, it's yeah, I mean, Zuckerberg's saying that ads will be a part of Let's
0: it. Let's be honest, they're going to track you. When you wear those glasses, they're going to know where you go. It's a data play. I mean, let's be honest. Again,
1: you to track your eye movements and your emotions and your facial expressions. They do. They do yeah. on the Oculus. Anyway. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's just, it's another data play. Mm. And I can imagine for local businesses, this could be really valuable because if the future, everybody has smart glasses and you can walk down the street and you can maybe see the menu in your glasses of the restaurant before mm. you go in. I mean, That's right. there's all sorts of fascinating opportunities. It feels very futuristic, but hey, we'll see what happens. Now, yeah. we've also got this film premiere So Facebook is actually premiering an actual film, meaning Mm -hmm. instead of it happening in a theater, it's happening on Facebook. What's the deal with this? Do you know?
1: You know, we've talked on previous shows, Mike, about a feature that Facebook released called POE, which is paid online events. And it works the exact same way as the Facebook events feature, which we've had for a very long time. And so indeed, there is a premiere that's coming. I think it's called the Outsider Global Film Premiere Event. And it's the first ever one, official film premiere on the platform. It's a ticketed event, so people have to pay. And what the POE is, paid online events, they're actually available in more than 100 countries right now worldwide. And with this particular premiere, Facebook's going to be, you know, they want to make sure it really does well, being their first one. They're actually putting in some paid promotion to help market the event. And at the moment, this has really been interesting to watch because they've moved the dates a few times. Uh, times, but the Facebook's not taking a cut. We were talking earlier, like Facebook pay and whatnot, how Facebook's, you know, whatever their fees and charges are, but uh, Facebook is not going to be taking a cut of any ticketed events or revenue from independent creators until 2023. So that's awesome. That's pretty good. Um, But we'll see. I think this will be a really a landmark event. Assuming it does really well and people are interested in this particular film, then I think it will set a precedent
0: you know, it's interesting because most people use Facebook on their phone. I just wonder whether anybody would pay to watch a movie on their phone. Because most people, if you pay to watch a movie, you're going to watch it on a computer or on a TV, right? And I just wonder whether they would watch it on their phone.
1: Well, you know, I mean, like Vimeo. I, I bought a documentary the other day on, on uh, pay on uh, VOD, video on demand, pay-per-view, whatever, on uh, Vimeo.
0: But did you watch it on your phone or did you watch it on your computer? Watch it on my computer. Because most people are on their phone on Facebook.
1: Yeah, they are.
0: Maybe they'll switch over to desktop to watch it. I'm just thinking about
1: Or they can cast it. They can cast it to their TV.
0: Yeah. If they have like an Apple TV or something like that, I guess that's true. Mm -hmm. Well, that'll be fascinating. So I wonder if that'll open up the opportunity for concerts and stuff too. What do you think?
1: Yes, exactly. When they first brought POE out, which I believe was last year in 2020, My first thought was, oh my gosh, Lady Gaga is going to do a concert, (laughs) ticketed, a paid ticketed event. And that just was a thought, who knows if she is or not. But that was, you know, end game that I could see Facebook doing with some major players and uh, having millions, hundreds of millions of people tuning into events.
0: Well, this last one is very futuristic. Mark Zuckerberg has said, hey, the metaverse, whatever that means, is the future. So what in the world does he have in mind? What is the metaverse? I mean, from your understanding and my understanding is it's like a multi-year goal to get to whatever this thing is, but what is a metaverse? Do you know what it is?
1: Yeah. And Zuck didn't coin the term. It's been around for a while. It's existed in the gaming and like science fiction. And we were talking in the green room. There's a movie that folks have seen. You've seen it. I haven't called Ready Player One. Right. There's probably many, even back in the 80s and 90s of, of science fiction kind of movies, where it's like this altered virtual reality, augmented reality. But now, with the whole development and advancement of technology in today's world, it's going to be so much more advanced. And Zuckerberg, for quite some time, he keeps using this term presence like presence. It's like you and I are having this chat right now through a flat screen. But if we could literally, as if you're like a holographic person right here and I'm, <laughs> you're, you're there and I was like, feel more like 3D real world that you're actually in the real world. So the metaverse, it's, Zuck calls it an embodied internet where instead of just viewing content, you're in it, you're in it. It's like 360, even some of those uh, like backgrounds they have for stories in the, in the different Facebook or messenger or Instagram You know, so it's this digital world. People can easily move between different devices. They can communicate in a virtual environment. Earlier this year, February, before Facebook launched live audio rooms, Zuckerberg suddenly sprung up on Clubhouse, the the audio chat app, as you know. And he said in an interview, he keeps talking about his presence, and he's saying, why transport when you can teleport? So indeed, it is a multi-year initiative and Zuckerberg's coming right out. He always likes to get real early, like that great Wayne uh, Gretzky uh, hockey metaphor, where you skate to where the hockey puck is going. And I've always said for like over a decade that Zuckerberg gets out there in the hockey rink and he puts the puck where he wants it. Then he has all of us trying to skate to it. So uh, there was um, a great interview Similar timing of that Clubhouse chat where someone had said, might have been Casey Newton or someone like that, said Zuckerberg is determined to, quote, will this into existence. This being that immersive, full experience, whether you're wearing your Oculus or your smart glasses or whatever else they are going to be inventing. So it is the future.
0: Eddie Garrison said, think of the holodeck in Star Trek. So anybody's mm. Star Trek Next Generation fans, for those that don't know what that is, they would literally enter into this space and then it would be as if they were there and they would transact. And it, it was like, it was like going to a different world. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's a company that could pull this off, it's for sure Facebook or Apple or Google, and they're all interested in this. So imagine what this could mean for us downstream, right? Like you and I mentioned second life when we were you yeah. know in the green room. It's still a thing. But, and we, is it really? Okay. And, and ready player one is a great example of it, but, but in the idea of ready player one, imagine a universe where there are, it's kind of like Roblox. If you, if you ever heard of kids playing Roblox or Minecraft, mm-hmm. you can build presences that are there all the time and you can have stores and you can have experiences and people transact in this world. They do games, they do whatever, you know, and it's all mm-hmm. in this universe, in this, in this world. And that means you could have virtual billboards in this world and you could have commerce inside this world. I think it's for sure a future that is going to be an exciting future. And if Zuckerberg, I mean, if there's a guy on the planet that could make something like this happen, it's probably him, right? Because you think about all the money they have and all the all the things that they've been developing along the way with the virtual reality, with uh, the, the, the Ray-Ban glasses and all this stuff. Who the heck knows what that's going to look like, but that's kind of an interesting world, at least to me, I find it interesting. I know it sounds completely pie in the sky, but who knows what that could make possible? I don't know. What do
1: you think? Indeed. Well, just to kind of summarize all that, you know, Zuckerberg, he, we mentioned earlier, he's a very competitive person and he would love to be first. He invariably, Facebook is renowned for copying, (laughs) right? They copy features or they copy or they acquire. And Zuckerberg's always wanted to be first. He wasn't around for the invention of the computers or the internet or even the original smartphones. I mean, that first iPhone was what, 2007 or something. So this is Zuckerberg's play to be the first. And even though he said all these other companies, Apple, Google, whatever, uh, they're interested in the metaverse, I don't think anybody's going to really like own, okay, we're the first people to do this, but Zuckerberg certainly determined to have us move in that place. And
0: it sounds like it could be an open platform like the internet, right? It sounds like it's going to be things people will patch into. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, real quick here, folks, don't forget to check out the Social Strategy Club where you can discover the trends that are going on in the world that are more near-term, not necessarily the metaverse, but the stuff that's happening now (laughs) that marketers could take advantage of, check it out at socialstrategyclub.biz. And if you want to listen to another podcast, be sure to check out the Social Media Marketing Podcast, which Mari has been a regular guest on like seven or eight times. Mari, if they want to check you out and follow you, where do you want to send them?
1: Thank you. Certainly uh, my page at Mari Smith on Facebook, the blue check and uh, my group. They'll see the group linked up there, social scoop and pretty much Mari Smith anywhere across the social, not metaverse, but <laughs> universe. universe. universe.
0: <laughs> well, folks, a lot to process today. I hope I thank you everyone for joining us. And until next time, may you be wise with your marketing decisions. We'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody.
1: The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media
0: insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.